better because um, you just it's more driving. You know, it's actually driving. You're actually driving a manual car. Are we talking about manual cars on the podcast? It has been so long, Ted. It's been way too long. It has been far, far too long. I, I'm so excited to record. No, today. oh my gosh, it's gonna be incredible yeah because we have nothing to talk about except for whatever we want to talk about i know well we'll talk about some tennis but honestly like the rest of this year who cares no one cares <laughs> it's like um the year's over the mm-hmm. results are in yep and we know everything that happened and we yeah. know we know what who we're gonna watch next year yeah dominic mm-hmm. only only um, um, <laughs> that might be you. <laughs> i'm joking uh we're opening up with dominic already no i mean i I, well, Dominic just started a YouTube channel, actually. I don't oh know if you God, saw that. He? he started a YouTube channel where yeah. he does like training videos and things okay. like that. And he takes uh, he takes commenter suggestions, so which <laughs> is pretty fun. I uh, like Dominic loves animals, and we yeah. need someone someone to love animals because obviously no one loves animals. Yeah, nobody no. loves no one on the tour. I don't think loves no one. On I the think tour it's like a like, requirement. He just somehow got through. He without, got he yeah. snuck through. It's like well, it, animals have been so neglected. I know. Ever since people became a big deal, and they got we've got tennis balls and stuff. Tennis, tennis they, balls. they had those tennis ball dogs. That was weird. I'd like John McEnroe was like, he was like acting like he liked it, but yeah. In the seniors, senior one of the seniors tours, they had tennis I mean, ball dogs. Like I love dogs, but dog boys, not ball boys. Yeah, I know. That's weird. I guess you say ball dogs. Ball dogs. <laughs> I'm glad it's not dog balls. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> dog boys also doesn't make that much sense. I mean, it could if you if you uh, stretch your imagination. Yeah, I don't want to know what a dog boy is. It's like half dog, half boy. Oh no! Now you know. It's really good at fetching tennis balls. It's that's basically all it can do. Yeah, complain. Oh my god. Well, this actually is an important point, but. Before we get into that, because there's all the rule changes, and there was talk of the ball boys and the towel boys. And oh, changing yeah. That. That, that's because of the uh, the next-gen tour. I so know. the next-gen ADP tour is like, the well, whatever it is, the race to Milan. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They they have those shorter four-game four sets, mm-hmm. and then they have like the ball kids, like they put the towels on a rack or something and some of the players don't like it like Sitsibas didn't like it there's a towel box actually it's a towel box they put them in a box yeah okay it's like a timeout box you know if you have to really go back to your towel yeah then you're like everybody oh (laughs) but who who was it who didn't Sitsibas Sitsibas was like oh I I don't like the towel box thing because Mm -hmm. I don't know which towel is mine and I don't want to be wiping you know Andre Rublev's sweat all over me how does he not know which towel is his they should have Obviously, you'd think that they could bring their own towels, or yeah. they probably don't, but like they could have special towels made with their names and stuff. They make like at least a million dollars a year. You yeah. think they could afford that, <laughs> or they could just carry their towel over to the other side? They they probably could manage that. They're professional athletes, so you'd think that they could, you know, actually muster up that muscle. You know what? I, I take it back. Now that you put it that way yeah. and phrase it that way, their muscles actually. I think only work if they have a tennis rack in their yeah, hands they or if they have some sort of weights in their hands. They can't, they, can't, they can't move towels. Yeah. They just sit on their couch and if you ask them to get the remote, they just can't move their arms. No. They, they, <laughs> they just physically don't work. I don't, I don't know why he was so... But Andre Rublev said something like, they asked him about it and he was like, I think it's okay. Yeah. In, you know, his usual brevity. I think anyone who's played... I don't know if he has, but anyone who's played college tennis probably wouldn't have a problem with it. And none of those guys play college tennis. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they, they've been, you know, they have the pedigree of a professional tennis player. Yeah. But they can't carry their own towel. They can't carry their own towel because (laughs) of that. Andre doesn't have a problem with it, which I mean is nice, except you take these little things and you're like, wow, what a nice guy. He'll carry his own towel across the court. (laughs) He is such a champion of the sport. (laughs) It's, it's like, you know, Rafa being, you know, sainted for just being nice. Oh yeah. The nicest, the nicest player. He's the nicest player. Yeah, people should you know he should be he should be he he should be the pope because he's the <laughs> nicest tennis player ever. He actually might do a really good job of that. I could I see think, it. I think he'd probably. Be, I mean, the new one's okay, but better better than a lot of other ones. Yeah, I don't he's know much about be, them, but I Rafa for pope. I think I'd get behind that. Rafa for pope. Yeah. First, they want him to own a football team, but that yeah. didn't work. So pope, pope Rafa. <laughs> well, that's a. 
that's kind of how the list goes. You go, okay, professional tennis player. My career's yeah. almost over. Own a soccer team. Well, that didn't really work out. Well, yeah. I might as well just try to be Pope, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what we could do, which would be fun for yeah. today's podcast? Yeah. We can act like people listening don't watch tennis and talk about the three tennis players or four tennis players that they know. Yeah. And the next people who play like them. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, because for sure. I was I was thinking because I was playing this weird game mm-hmm. um, called Celebrity, which is kind of a fun game. I don't yeah. know if anybody's ever played it before. I think that is it like a party game. It's like a party game. Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to think of a tennis player to put in, so I put in Rafa, and everybody knew who Rafa was. It was yeah. really easy to get Rafa. Mm-hmm. But if I put in like you know Kachanov or Tsitsipas. something like that, or Tsitsipas, no one would have no any one would know idea. except us. Yeah, exactly. Or, or people who, and they're you know. Like I can't even imagine a world where I don't know who Tsitsipas is. Mm-hmm. But well, it's people... just us because I've I've not allowed anyone else to. No, exactly. <laughs> this is proprietary information. He's yeah. a tennis player. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. All right. You kick so, it off then. So, like, how did Roger Federer perform this year? Because he's the big one. Yeah. Everyone knows who Roger Federer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How this did... is this is actually a good exercise because this podcast is actually going to be my last for the year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This is good. Yeah. We're, it... we're trying to do mass appeal. Yeah. Mass appeal. You know. And once we get to the upper levels, and once I get my studio going, then. This is going to be something that you're going to look back at as a watershed moment in the Lucas Hyde podcast. I know. <laughs> and then you'll be a regular co-host. When you went mainstream. I know. Which, you know what? I believe. You believe in it. Oh, I, believe I believe in it, it too. Of course. <laughs> you gotta. No. And so, yeah, but I just wanted to say something really quick, because we're about to dig into some really good information here. Yeah, we are. I just wanted to say that these are some of my favorite podcasts to record. Oh my gosh, they're so much fun. That's why I was so excited today, because Tad, we have not sat down here and talked tennis in forever. I know, and the year is starting up, so you're like, oh, this is the last one of the year. There's like four days left in the year. Not really, there's actually more than that, but yeah. only a little bit more. Well, this is going to supplement my long cast, because you know, the yeah. last week of the year, I already have some podcasts out for Jan- yeah. ready for January and everything. There's no need to... Well, we you have to have a lax week. The U.S. Open, the, the Australian Open is coming right up, really, really, really soon. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, because who wants to give these people a break? No, they don't deserve it. Oh no, they're no, tennis not. players. <laughs> Make them work themselves to death. <laughs> All they do is sit there and hit tennis balls back and forth. Actually, it's fun. The players yeah, fun. who, the players who, you know, everybody's like, oh wow. That they they work so hard. The players, some of the players say things like that. But we'll talk about that player, that mm-hmm. one player who hates tennis, yeah. and still plays and plays really well. Shortly, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about him shortly yeah, for sure. Um, There's a very special person, actually. I think if we're thinking of the same person, I think it's no, I, I don't know if we're thinking of exactly the same person. We're not. I'm not. I'm not talking about you know. Andy well, Murray, I don't really but like. He, he hates everything in the world. Andy Murray. Yeah, yeah, everything. He, well, when he's on court, he hates absolutely everything. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've never seen anything like it. He's been in Philly. I mean, he's been coming to Philly a lot, and I still haven't managed to see him, even though I've mm-hmm. been, you know, chasing every black car with tinted windows that I see. <laughs> but <laughs> well, now that the Andy, Andy Murray security detail, they actually know now. Yeah, they know. They know because they, it's they, now they, they, they radio waves. <laughs> So we're looking for a black security car, <laughs> tinted windows, right? Exactly, yeah. If, Has your, he uh, thinks he can walk around, you know, in total anonymity around Philly, but no. Since you guys can't actually see the studio, uh, I'll try to describe to you what I have here. I actually have a map of Philly right here. And I, I walked into Tad's place because we recorded Tad's. Yeah, exactly. And it's got strings attached. Strings attached to common a, places where Andy Murray goes when he's in Philly. There's actually a picture of Andy Murray yelling at a ball kid right yeah. here. It's, um, <laughs> he goes to Malvern, so he's, at, he's in Malvern a lot, which is like, you know, it's not even like a 30 minute drive from here it's like does he actually minutes. go to malvern yeah he, he sees a he, doctor right yeah he sees a doctor in malvern oh wow that's incredible he's actually really close because i live in yeah malvern. you live in malvern yeah, yeah exactly and it's like and he apparently doesn't hit with anyone except for desperate old ladies and his own team well you know that's where you're gonna get the he's best a practice. fan pleaser exactly that's where yeah. you're gonna get the best practice right there i know well if you need a hitting partner no exactly if you need a hitting partner andy murray you think he'd pick you or me is he at great valley is that where he plays? Yeah, uh, they, I yeah. think so. I think I've seen yeah. him there. Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> he's not there right now. He's in like Florida or somewhere like that. I know because I, you know, I have well, you uh, wouldn't an RSS live here. feed. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you've got, uh, <laughs> I actually see a pin that goes off to, to the map. You just exactly, have a picture yeah. of Florida right here. It's just like a frayed string that goes, and at the end of it is all these hopes of seeing Andy Murray. Like it's <laughs> frayed and it's about to snap. It, it's just a metaphor for your hopes and dreams ending exactly. right there to see him. He's, he, I mean, even though he hasn't played a lot this mm-hmm. year, he's, probably my pick for favorite player of the year 
Yeah. Of all the players who you know really? played three tournaments. <laughs> all the players <laughs> that have just played three tournaments. Your favorite of the year. All right. So let's talk about these. Uh, let's the do your little celebrity four. thing. But yeah. Andy Murray kind of is an interesting choice uh, just as we're talking about him in this little kind of subsection of the podcast because he I don't know how well known he is really because he kind of sits in the shadow of the rest of those guys. He he does. I think that he's he has like a great personality and mm-hmm. obviously he's famous in England. I think that most people in England probably have a good yeah. idea of who Andy Murray is. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of background on Andy Murray. He's from Scotland actually, yeah. which is near or a part of england it might even be attached <laughs> i need to look at my map oh yeah it is it's attached yeah um and his house is well you guys can't see the map and i can't pronounce the name but it's somewhere around and you don't want to say his address on the no map. i don't want to say his address <laughs> but um he was Dad, this he is was getting in, scarier and scarier i must say <laughs> a- andy was involved not involved <laughs> i shouldn't say involved mm-hmm. yes andy was involved in a school shooting that's right no he was though he was he, his he was school uh, was was uh that what the worst school shooting in England, yeah. in England's history. Andy was there. Mm-hmm. And he had to hide under a desk. Jamie Murray was there too, his brother. Yeah, I remember he does have be, a brother. Yeah, I remember that because they also did a little thing on Wimbledon uh, a couple of years back when he was having one of those deep runs. He might have even yeah. won it that year. It was some sort of anniversary, I think, of the event, also. And well, they kind of played a little mini docu series on it or something. Yeah. He won it twice. No, he won he, Wimbledon twice. He actually did win it twice, which is incredible. Which makes up for more than half his majors. People are like, "Wow, Andy Murray is." Sorry about that. That is um this is an end of the year podcast, so I'm having some afternoon truly sparkling spiked seltzers. <laughs> I was about to say uh it was definitely it's definitely a beer, but it is it's, an, it's not a well it's a it sounds like a beverage. Beer. It yeah. sounds like a beer because that popping sound somebody who doesn't drink beers might think it sounds like a beer, but beers yeah. don't really have that much sound. That was a really alpha move though. If yeah. anyone harkening back to the alpha <laughs> of the alpha of the day. I know. Well, um, who was the alpha of the year? The alpha of the year was Djokovic. Easy. Yeah. I was waiting. I was. It took you too long to get there. No, it didn't you know take what me I too was long. I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a stupid question, so I didn't <laughs> want to answer it. I thought that everybody would answer. <laughs> um, I thought we were trying to talk to the layman here, Ted. Yeah. Well, Andy, Andy Murray, back to Andy Murray. Yep. Andy Murray, I think most people probably know who he is, or if people, mm-hmm. people wouldn't recognize him in the street. He would just yeah. look like a British, you know, yeah. a very handsome British guy, the, probably one of the handsomer British people that there are. Mm-hmm. Um, their standards are low. But <laughs> <laughs> I can set you up with a date after after we hit <laughs> Andy. Yeah, exactly. No, and he is married, so that's w- one of the things about Andy Murray. And he has a kid, but no one ever sees. Yeah, it's kind of that's there. kind of a barrier, isn't it? It is a barrier to dating him. <laughs> um, All right, okay, keep going. Let's, we'll, we'll serious up a, l- a little bit. I just I'm having so much fun. I can't keep going. Andy won. I think he won the Olympics, right? He yeah, won he won the, gold. He won Wimbledon, or he got to the final of Wimbledon that year, and then I think he went and won the Olympics right after that. Exactly, actually. and, and that everybody was, a, was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that was a whole thing too, because they had to redo all the grass for Wimbledon and everything, yeah. and there was all these worries of, are they going to be able to change the turf in time? And they it worked out all fine in the end, but grass is the one they're always worried because it gets beat up so bad. Yeah, and then you see it at the end of the at the end of the tournament, it's just. It doesn't even. It's not even grass anymore. No, it's not. It's like um, like a like a muddy swamp, or with a little <laughs> bit of grass. When it rains, you just your feet stick and your your shoes just stay. Exactly. The mm-hmm. only person who will play out there is Rafa. He thinks it's clay. Mm-hmm. They they were saying that the pace of it over the years has actually kind of changed towards clay. Yeah, uh, but I don't I know. Mean, I haven't not, played. It's not as, I unfortunately neither have I. Mm-hmm. They don't want me to. They don't want you to. I've called them a couple times, the All England Club. <laughs> Have you sent them emails? Though? I send them emails and I accuse them of being elitists. <laughs> um, they are elitists. They're, that is something we have talked about on the podcast. Yeah, we've actually. talked about that. They're, they're definitely elitists. They're the we're, most we're elitist Americans, Americans aren't elitists. That's the thing that mm-hmm. is good about Americans. Yeah. The players that we like the most are players who, you know, who don't have the same pedigree as a lot of these young up and coming players. Like Andre Agassi, obviously his dad like forced him to play tennis, but he didn't have, you know, a team behind him yeah. from the time that he was four years old. Mm-hmm. Dominic team is another one. He, he, the more that you read Dominic team story, the less obvious it is he would be a great tennis player. Yeah. 
because he was a weak, sickly kid, and he grew up into a weak, sickly adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as as was um as was shown when he played Rafa in that semifinal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When he pushed him to five sets and then lost on a terrible overhead. His body actually just collapsed from being so weak. Oh and yeah, sickly. exactly. There was actually a robot lying <laughs> out there for the second half of the match. <laughs> they had to get in their other Dominic, mm-hmm. his his brother Moritz. No one knows who that is. No one even knows who Dominic Team is. But yeah. So Dominic Team, what I was talking about this kind of loose format that we're doing will start with roger federer we yeah, already okay to... you tied it back in i was wondering if exactly. we're get back there but because we we need to get back so we can do like this kind of thing so everybody close your eyes who's listening to this right now and picture in your head unless you're driving unless you're driving but if you're <laughs> if you're, if you're driving just Imagine close what your it's eyes like. anyway. Get your stoplight and close your. Well, and picture in your head a big banner that says, "The most famous tennis player in the world, Roger Federer." He is the most famous tennis player, probably in history. Yeah, I would think because he just he transcends tennis almost to a point. He he wore the Jordans the one year. Um, I think it's harder for us because we follow the sport so much. Yeah, to really understand the superstar that is some of these top players exactly and and mm-hmm. also like the the appeal of roger federer actually mm-hmm. what's your least favorite thing about roger federer my least favorite thing about roger hmm it has nothing to do with this game because i actually as you guys know i'm a big novak djokovic fan yeah but you have a yeah lucas has a one-handed backhand i do have a one-handed backhand. not what novak djokovic has not at all actually um except when he slices but, except yeah you know that we don't we don't talk about that no we don't talk we talk so about the beautiful the two-handers that go up the line yeah mm-hmm. but my least favorite thing about roger is i think he can tend to be somewhat boring a little bit boring yes i think he can tend to be somewhat boring as on court i i, I almost feel like it's not um i feel like i can tell when he's getting frustrated <laughs> mm-hmm. and again i don't know because we're not in his head, obviously. If okay. we were, we would know a lot more things. But um, he seems to get frustrated, and everyone has this perception that he nothing bothers him whatsoever. But you don't think that's true? You're not buying it? I don't buy that, because I have seen a player where almost nothing truly bothers them, and that, that player's name is Rafael Nadal. Okay, but we, we first, we're, we're still on Roger Yeah, Federer, we're still Roger, yeah. But uh, Rafa's obviously second on this list. Mm-hmm. So basically, the list is going to go in Grand Slam counts mm-hmm. for the big, big four players yep. in mm-hmm. that order. So, what is my least favorite thing about Roger Federer? Mm-hmm. What can I? There's so many things to choose from. No, <laughs> um, his hair. No, his hair. Roger has fine hair. He's okay. He has a great attitude. I like. I think that if I had to pick. There's not really anything I don't like about him. My least favorite thing about him is maybe that he's just like, he's so, like you said, he's, he can he can be a little bit boring, but not just his game. Mm-hmm. His There's not a lot of controversy that yeah. he creates. He, he really toes that middle line, it seems like. He tends he to get an odd, the, tournaments treat him as an obvious favorite everywhere yep. he goes, so mm-hmm. he gets great match times. I think there actually is something... Um, to kind of be said about this this air that is Roger Federer, the air yeah. around him, a lot of it is what you are given to or like told as a consumer of tennis material. Yeah. And the only thing you ever hear is that he's the greatest player of all time. There's nothing that there's nothing he can do wrong. And it's almost yeah. it's really unattainable. And even going into how old is he now? Thirty seven. Thirty seven. When he goes into even these hardcore tournaments, he's always talked as a favorite. Even in going into Wimbledon, he's always talked to, yeah. about as a favorite. But um, and then it can be disappointing when that doesn't pan out because at, even though he is still one of the best players in the world and he has the potential to win slams, it's not going to be there as much. No, as it's it definitely it's definitely not. People people are still thinking that he's you know mm-hmm. the best player around. Um, but yeah, I guess that I guess that my the thing that might irk me a little bit about roger federer is is that he's so quick he's so his game is is too delicate you know he has Mm -hmm. he he obviously can he hits incredibly well but he's not he doesn't have the same kind of power or court presence that that number two has that rafa nadal has i see i don't know if i completely agree because i think that he's he has 
that kind of you, when he goes out there he's like a warrior no not that like a barbarian way. i think that no i think the way that they are on the court is like yeah, two completely yeah, different exactly. things with roger it's i see what you're saying it's delicate i can see that feeling where his game is somewhat delicate to the point where he really does a lot of touchy-feely stuff Maybe. he comes in really ends the points there i find it to be pretty exciting but i don't know if um we're not going to get the wars from yeah. Roger Federer that we get from Rafael Rafael Nadal because he's Dominic he's Dean. too clean. He he just you know he just he 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 finishes his service games in like forty actually, seconds. Yeah, no, that was I was actually about to say that is that yeah. it can be it actually can be somewhat boring to watch yeah. him um, because and this is such a weird backwards way of thinking about it because he's so consistent yeah. and steady at what he does. The things that he does, he, um, so he serves really His well. Ridiculous spot serving. It, we're, he has the best, he's the best server. I yeah. think personally, one of the best servers to ever play the well, game. What, he's, he's like probably six foot mm-hmm. after you adjust for inflated heights mm-hmm. and he hits like a, uh, like a, like a, like he's, Six ten, yeah. almost. He, I think he has just slight, like maybe like three hundred less aces, yeah, in his record than John Isner. Yeah, and he doesn't even serve with that much power. It's the precision that he has yeah. that he can put the ball literally wherever he wants when he serves. Yeah, that really sets him apart. And that's exactly what we we're saying before: is that when he gets out there, he's going to do his. St- he's almost doesn't do it exceptionally well every time, but his his normal is yeah. so much better. Than everybody else's normal playing because yeah. remember, in tennis you you might have seven matches in a tournament. The best players in the world might only really play well for two or three of those matches, yeah. not even half of them sometimes. Like Novak this year at the U.S. Open, he kind of went under the radar until he got to the final, and I forget who he played in the semis, but he didn't really have. And and then he played Juan in the final and he really cruised. Yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it kind of goes to show you that. There's these ups and downs in tennis. Roger's ups and downs are really few. They're few yeah. far between. And his middle ground is like way above everybody else's middle ground. So yeah. he's able to just surgically destroy any player that is outside of like the top five, I want to say. When yeah. you really watch him play those players and it comes to any surface, he's just going to serve exactly where he wants. He's going to do the same thing every single time. And he's just going to do it so well, so consistently that there's not really anything you can do. Yeah, he's he's he but in the end the result of that is i mean when you tally it all together Mm -hmm. he can be a little bit a little bit boring yeah and like you can feel like he just cruises he gets to this point and then he's just like Mm -hmm. whatever happens he's gonna win there's no way and it's inevitable and and the matches you know Mm -hmm. usually don't don't go very Mm -hmm. very long i think the last five setter that he even had against rafa I forget if it was that Australian final. It might have been. It might have been, yeah. But the score lines are always kind of funky now, yeah. especially as he gets older. I feel like he probably is picking his spots to really turn it up more yeah, yeah, and definitely. when to turn it down and then when to just kind of ride that middle wave. I, I get a feeling that with sometimes with him when he gets that first break, and I think yeah. we've talked about this before, is that once you have that first break and, and when Roger has it, the, yeah. that the set might as well be over. It's, he, he definitely doesn't choke when he gets a break. Like Some players do. He almost never chokes yeah. it's crazy and his ability to just put on the gas when he yeah. serves it it time just flies okay so what's your well we just talked about our least favorite thing and it's mm-hmm. kind of tied in with our favorite thing yeah but who is the heir to roger federer to the to the throne not the heir to the throne but, but to his style and his presence and the way that he plays oh to compare him i yeah, see what you're who saying would you compare him to of the next gen players that is a really tough question. I know it is. Who tough. are we considering in the in the next gen? We're because considering the big superstars, so we have. Give me a list. Borna. Of, okay, Borna. Kachanov. Kachanov. Um, Shapovalov. Aliassim. Felix Aliassim. Um, who's you know great. Then we have. So Borna, Kachanov, Shapovalov, Felix. This is already impressive, by the way, that you can just off the top of your head name some of these next gen guys. No, <laughs> I'm really impressed. The, those those ones are good, but I I I know all of. I mean, I would I wouldn't put like Taylor Fritz in there, yeah. even though I love watching him. We're but one note while you think about that is that we're kind of in this weird place in tennis. Yeah, that the best guys in the world that have been doing it for so long, they're kind of getting older. Yeah, and 
there was this generation behind them, the Dimitrovs. Uh, yeah. I think Kyrgios is kind of in that generation. I would put, I, I was going to say, I was going to put Kyrgios in the next gen. I was okay. going to obviously put. Um, that, I was about to say something on that point. Well, yeah. Like you put him, there's kind of these in-betweeners that are yeah. they the next gen or are they just this generation right behind yeah. these best guys and they just can't really. Get they, up there. Yeah. I think Raonic, Raonic is a good example. Too. Raonic is definitely a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha Zverev, definitely next gen. Yep. Obviously the best of the next gen if you look at his rating alone. Mm-hmm. Um Sasha's that one who I think hates tennis. <laughs> you think he hates yeah, it? Yeah, I think I think he really doesn't like like he's amazing and he's a great player, but I think I saw him just, play in person. He is incredible. Yeah, incredible. yeah, yeah. He's so good. I've seen him too. I've seen him practicing. Yeah. But I've never I don't think I've ever watched his match. Oh, and then we have um we have Alex Dimonor, who's an incredible player. Yeah, Andre Rublev, who's mm-hmm. an incredible player. Um, Daniil Medvedev, yeah, great player. So going off that, off those names, um, for the closest to Roger, I don't think there's any player in the next generation that is exactly like him necessarily. Yeah. But there are players that kind of do similar things. I think. Um, Shapovalov, not just because he has a one-hander. Yeah. But he, I've seen him play a little bit. I haven't watched him too much recently because it's the end of the year again. There's no more slams coming yeah, up. Exactly, but, um, yeah, exactly. He is really, really extremely athletic in his ability to hit certain shots. Yeah. And he seems to be more consistent than some of these other guys that play that way. So another one that comes to mind is Gil Monfils, mm-hmm. who plays really crazy tennis, hits insane shots. But again, the consistency... Of his performances problem. is for is a yeah. problem for him, and then he also has this already young fan base basically that are yeah. really really behind him. I went and saw it. when he won in the qualifying at the U.S. Open two years ago. I've never seen a buzz like that around a qualifying yeah, player yeah, yeah, that I when I was there, and it was crazy. And he he might be somewhat in there because he's really aggressive with his backhand. He actually hits a I think he hits a good amount of winners off it, and he seems to have the ability to kind of come in a little bit and do a little bit there mm. and kind of work his way around the net, which is a really difficult spot in today's game because if you leave any space, yeah, someone's gonna, hitting a winner. Yeah, they're going to hit a winner right yeah. by you. And then one more person I would say is um, actually when I watched him in person, uh, Zverev. Sasha. Yeah, Zverev. I he doesn't move like Federer. He's just too big. Yeah, he's and a big that's guy. this thing is Fed's ability to move and all these managing steps that you see. If you mm-hmm. guys, when you guys go and watch it, especially if you're um casual uh, consumer of tennis, um, or if you're a casual fan, just I implore you to go watch some Federer tennis and watch his footwork. His ability to do all these management steps is something that I don't think a lot of these younger next gen guys have, and that's what is going to set you apart. Is not just striking ability, but ability to move and where to be properly and when to be there, basically. And Zverev, I feel like um, he doesn't move that well because he's so big. But when he gets going, and I was yeah. watching him versus Nicholas Mahout at the U.S. Open, and Mahout was he was he wasn't playing bad, but um, his his neck game is really good. He was coming in, he was getting some points off there. Yeah. But when Zverev just kind of started rolling, it was almost like okay, well. This is just a matter of time. You know what I mean? And I could see that he could kind of have that type of feel that Fed has where, oh, well, he got the break. Um, He is a little bit, he's a better mover than Isner and some of these other really tall guys. Really big guy. And his serve is is amazing because he's so tall and he's able to use it to his his advantage. And I think that we could see kind of a similar air there. And he kind of holds himself that way, I feel like, which he's also, he's from Germany. Well, his family isn't from Germany, but... Feds from Switzerland and mm-hmm. Germany. They're, yeah, it's all they're, very close. And yeah, I thought that he was the. I really didn't like him until he won the next. The, um, no, the ATP final. He won the ATP final. Yeah, he did. He beat and Novak. he was he was really generous in his victory, which was you know nice to see. But he said some things like where he feel he feels like the season's too long or he's not going to play something because mm-hmm. they don't give tennis players off, enough time off and mm-hmm. how how can people expect them to play the, this many tournaments a year yeah. he's not going to play you know mm-hmm. events just for fun and things like that yeah and and that's why i think that he he has this attitude where it's like i wouldn't be surprised to see him retire when he's 30 oh really young. yeah yeah um mm-hmm. i don't think he's going to be around for like 15 years yeah mm-hmm. 
as a professional. Yeah, but I, I think that he's he's probably people are always going to be like, wow, he's he's the next he's the next big mm-hmm. player, which is a really hard moniker or uh, to hold is that next player definitely because everyone's looking for that. And like we said, the we are in living in the best time of tennis yeah. ever, and. This exercise that we're actually doing right now, I know we're doing it as more as like a layman's type yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, but tennis, it's also... But it's a really good exercise to look at Look at Roger. Yeah. Who is going to play like him and to pick that up? And you realize how special these players are. Yeah. Like when you look at Rafa and because he's the next one on our list, I, I, and I don't really know how um, who to really necessarily compare to Roger perfectly. Yeah, uh, because I don't think there is. There's one. not a lot of people who yeah. play who play like Rafa, but Ra- and then going into Rafa, who you were going to say is the next one. Rafa, yeah. So everybody, um, if you're driving, just take a quick second, close your eyes, <laughs> and yeah, and and imagine a big banner that says the second most famous <laughs> currently playing professional tennis yeah. player, Rafael Nadal, mm-hmm. and there can be like flames on it or muscly arms or whatever you like, mm-hmm. and Rafa is just like the most impressive person to watch in in probably any sport because yeah. tennis is one of the most um, grueling sports yeah it's grueling but it's not just grueling but it's it's so obviously physical and it's so yeah. obvious and when rafa plays it's so obviously he's putting so much into yeah. it it's not it's not a team sport it's like you can watch bo- you know what else would you watch like this boxing maybe fencing nobody watches fencing mm-hmm. ping pong that's not very physical the, yeah the table is so small. One-on-one sports, there's not the the ones that are more physical in tennis are are going to be combat sports. Yeah, combat sports. Combat sports. All. Yeah. So and there's nothing that even comes close to combat sports when it comes to physicality. Yeah, exactly. And you know? and and I mean, Rafa, he's the only player who looks like who looks like he's fit enough to maybe pr- participate in combat sports. Obviously, yeah. he couldn't because he's way too nice. He's way. He's just. Um, so and he's terrified he would, uh, of everything. He would get in the cage and hug him. Yeah, he would just say, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Not today, I, I, Not today sorry. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. I don't want to hit him in the face. I like him. <laughs> I like him. I throw my what left hand, but he uh, he, he miss, and uh, yeah, I no. miss, and we we really nice. <laughs> Rafa is, like, so incredible. I, I saw him at the U.S. Open practicing, and it was... It was, ridiculous. yeah. This is your first year going up, right? yeah, and it, just like the whip on his on his on his forehand, and the the way that he's arcing balls in, and what he, the targets that he's hitting for is just like yeah. ridiculous. And I was just watching that Kachanov mm-hmm. Rafa match where there's this one rally where Kachanov's hitting these ridiculous forehands, but Rafa's completely controlling the court and not letting Kachanov hit for yeah. the open areas in the court mm-hmm. just by you know hitting in. Um, inside in forehand yeah to the to the to the to the sideline mm-hmm. like over and over again he hits it like four times this 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 identical shot and then he comes in and he hits he hits a, a forehand right down the line like clean winner ridiculous yeah. power and control over the court there's nothing not to like about rafa unless you don't like physical tennis yeah and unless you're like one of those people who's like oh wow the you know the racket technology and the fitness of the players that's all something that takes away from the sport i'm the opposite of that i think that's that makes, makes it better so much better it makes it better we have everything is just better about yeah exactly now. and like so let's do the same thing for rafa though like what is your least what's my my him? least favorite thing yeah. about rafa is that he plays such a physical game that he gets injured and he withdraws yeah. from tournaments and then yeah. he leaves, you know, or he withdraws in the middle of the match. It's not uncommon for him. He he withdrew like from seven matches this year. And he something. withdrew from uh, the first time in a long time he withdrew or the f- first time in a long time that it actually happened in tennis, I think, but he withdrew from the semis. Yeah. Yeah. The slam twice did, yeah. this year. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. That's the first time that might be the first time in tennis where a single player actually withdrew from two separate slams in the semifinals. Yeah. And, to the same player, he to in Australia. He, Juan, yeah, he withdrew to Juan after that match with Dominic, who is going to be my pick for the heir of Rafa, just because I think that Rafa's game is all tied up in the French Open, and Dominic too yeah. is a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Dominic's never going to beat Rafa's French Open record. He doesn't have the enough time. time in 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 the world, even if he, he was. He would have to win every single one. Yeah, until he retires. Yeah, to to get close, and I don't even think that. Rafa's gonna. I think Rafa's gonna win in two thousand in twenty nineteen too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, it'll probably be against Dominic again. Yeah. yeah, for those like again, for those of you who don't know, Rafa has won eleven, eleven, eleven arrows. French <laughs> Open titles. So like with Rafa, it's makes his, up way them way more than half of all his. Slams. Yeah, he. I think he has eighteen slams, and mm-hmm. eleven of those are. It's French. one of the most impressive physical domination feats in sports. Is what Rafa has done since he got to tennis. Like, yeah. and it wasn't like he played a couple tournaments and then won the French Open. It was like he did really well in two or three tournaments and then won the French Open when he was 18. Yeah, and exactly. Then won the French Open basically every single year except for two since yeah. he started playing it. And both of those years he was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he lost to Novak in one of those years. He right? lost to Novak one year in the semis, and they tried to force Novak to win it twice, and he failed on his second attempt to win yeah. the French Open. <laughs> he do he lost the stamina. But yeah, no, he's he's so incredible. So one yeah. of the things that that is that, and Rafa plays as much as he can. He's not like Roger; like he's yeah. not afraid of withdrawing. Mm-hmm. Roger is doesn't like to withdraw from tournaments, so he just doesn't play them. Yeah, he. I don't think he's even has a withdrawal on his record. He Does might, he not? He might not. I think even if he gets hurt, I think he's the type of player that he would just he would roll it out just yeah, kind of he does yeah and then he and yeah. then he loses which isn't bad but that's like, not bad he skips the whole season he, he skips, skips the, the clay whole season yeah he skips the whole clay season um yeah. which is this is one thing i wanted to say earlier too i i was watching uh highlight videos several highlight videos of Ra- or roger on clay and th- that is something i don't like about roger and i understand that he has to do it now because he's older this might be my least favorite thing about him while we're talking yeah um is that he skips the whole clay season. Yeah. And he, Roger knows that he, I mean, we're just going to speculate here. <laughs> as yeah. we do, as the most speculative and smartest tennis broadcasters ever. We just, we, well, it's like speculation for other, I mean, like if, if it, it's like speculation for, you know, an alien life form that knows everything that's ever going to happen. Yeah. It, that's basically it. So it's not, it's speculation to something that's you know so far beyond what people can understand yeah it might be speculation for you guys but i already know yeah exactly. like i already know you know what i mean so for roger it's uh i'm gonna speculate for you guys here but deep down in my heart is he knows he can't beat Rafa on clay of uh, yeah of course he does and especially he, at this no age and that is such a shame because watching roger on clay he is actually very very good yeah I'm and sure. he moves he so time. well yeah it's it's beautiful to watch, and it's such a shame. It's such a shame. Well, he might play clay this year. Uh, that apparently. would be exciting. It would because have I been... think he, I think it's like he's like this is going to be one like probably second to last year for yeah. him. So he might play clay. Yeah, and let's see. Also, one thing too is that um, he, like he skips all the clay, which I kind of don't like. And then oh, I totally forget what I was going to make my point. Oh, I don't, it's okay. Anyway, we're we're talking about mm-hmm. Rafa. <laughs> And Rafa being, you know, if I remember, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt fine. you no matter Interru- what it is. It, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rafa is so ridiculously good, and no one is ever going to beat his record at the French Open. But his yeah. his record is tied up in the French Open, and the fact that he's so good on clay yeah. in one specific surface. Mm-hmm. He's such a specialist. Obviously, you can win on anything, but he's a, he he really is a specialist. He's really taken that to another level. Yeah, that specialty type thing. Where, yes, he can win on the other tournaments, but he has kind of managed that and ironed that out to where yeah. I, I have a chance to win every single slam. Uh, but when it gets to Roland Garros, I know I have a guaranteed yeah. slam pretty much. I just have to show up and play. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm and so much better than everybody when it comes to it. He is. The the only person that he's maybe that he could maybe lose to fairly if he's playing really, really well, if both players are playing really well, is Dominic team? You think so? My my heir to Rafa. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw Novak. I think Novak could beat him. Well, I don't think Novak's <laughs> an heir to Rafa. Oh, oh, Novak an heir. is okay, we're talking about thing. Heir, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. So he's his own beast. Yeah, Novak is on the list. He can't yeah. be. You know. Yeah, yeah, he can't be heir. I'm sorry. I, I overstepped. I overstepped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Dominic is incredible. He's he, and Dominic is someone who has the same kind of personality as Rafa too. And Dominic yeah. kind of built that personality around watching rafa mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't think that D- dominic doesn't play like rafa very he has he brings the same attitude to the court he he yeah. doesn't hit 
for percentage the same way that Rafa does. He, I don't even think he practices for that. I think he practices more for hitting. Obviously, he's incredibly consistent mm-hmm. when he's playing well, but he has a tendency to overhit sometimes. Yeah. But he's, he, like in terms of his attitude and his yeah. court presence and, and things like and things that are really important about his ability to go deep into the point and exactly. really do some damage, even though he goes really deep into the point. Yeah, and and just you know hit ridiculous, incredible shots that that no one else in the world is hitting. It's Dominic. Um, I don't think that there's anyone else who comes that close and is that comparable to, except for yeah. you know maybe Andre Rublev, someone like that. But Andre mm-hmm. hits way too flat to be compared. Yeah, and Dominic has Dominic generates a lot of spin. Yeah, he hits a lot of spin. He he really has kind of you can see the whole modeling of the game uh, yeah. after Rafa. He I think he hits a little flatter again like you said he has a tendency to overhit and really just try and Yeah, he hit definitely the, does. hit the felt off the ball. But he um, I think that what what they really tried to build into Dominic because Dominic wasn't naturally that athletic mm-hmm. apparently um Supposed, it's hard to say supposedly. someone that's like an incredible player tennis player is just like how jordan athletic. supposedly didn't make his high school it, basketball team <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it, but so he was he, uh, there's this weird um book about dominic team that was written written by uh gunter bresnik bresnik and yeah. gunter so gunter wrote a book called like creating a champion or something like mm-hmm. that when he was still training Dominic. Already pretentious. Already, yeah. But I created the champion. I created the champion. But mm-hmm. so basically he tries to like position Dominic as this heir to Rafa and to this kind of mm-hmm. fierce, endurant player way back when he was like 17 and he was writing this book. That, that's like almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, Dominic's 25. He doesn't have a huge career ahead of him. He's already been trying to win these big tournaments and mm-hmm. i think that this year dominic's got to win him he's got to win a masters yeah there, it's like it'll be an it'll be a disappointment if he doesn't win a if, masters if he doesn't year. at least win a masters if if he's against rafa in the french open final this year then i would put i would i'll probably put some money on on dominic i'll probably put put like 50 bucks on him or something like that yeah um because i don't think he's going to lose it twice to him mm-hmm I don't think that he, like I I think that Rafa would feel the same way if yeah. Rafa lost to someone. I'd, I think Rafa would be like I'm yeah. not going to lose twice to the same person. Yeah. And this this adds another little nugget to the um this whole next gen thing that we're talking about. Yeah. At some point, I don't care what anyone says, you've got to start winning tournaments. And yeah, of these course. guys, these top guys like we were saying before, they are holding on for dear life. Yeah. And it doesn't even look that way. They're still dominating most of these players. You know what I mean? Yeah. There there's some cracks in the ship that is the top four players or top three really. Cracks in, in the ship you mean Annie Murray? Annie Murray and, and Roger as they get older as since Roger lost to Anderson this year at Wimbledon. Oh, this is what I I remember what I was gonna say. Anderson. Not Anderson, not the most beta player on tour. But no. the most it would have been the most alpha move of the year if Roger had actually skipped out on the clay and it worked out in his favor yeah and won Wimbledon and if he had also performed up to his peak at the US Open yeah and won the US Open but alas that did not happen well he would have won three grand slams this year that would be ridiculous Mm -hmm. and that is so that was the gamble that we get from Roger Federer the past two years and I don't necessarily like that but that's what I was trying to say before it's a good point Mm -hmm. yes he does that yeah and he takes that risk, and, and it didn't pay off this year, but it has paid off for him before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay, so Rafa. Yeah. We are done with Rafa. We We're pretty much done with, We're done with Rafa. We're done with Rafa. The heir to Rafa would be, would be Dominic. Roger, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, he is, it's just Roger's, Roger is the LeBron James of, uh, or I don't even know, he's the Michael Jordan yeah. of tennis, really. There is a no. I one... think that's more true than LeBron than the LeBron comparison. Yeah, because of how how many tournaments Roger has won and how many Grand Slams he's won, and the fashion in which he was beating all those people when he was winning those yeah. slams. Again, that is that, that that's that what we were talking about before. That air that kind of goes around him that people have yeah. when they talk about him in his game. It's much like when they talk about Michael Jordan. Yeah, and absolutely. That's one thing. 
I wanted to say too, and this kind of ties into what I was saying earlier before we get on to Novak, yeah. is that as really dedicated tennis fans until the end of the year when nothing happens, um, there we don't really see the superstars that are yeah. Roger, Rafa, and Novak. Because when I look at basketball, and I follow basketball, I love basketball, it's one of my favorite sports to watch, and I follow like UFC too, I would say I'm pretty into watching them. But Mm -hmm. I am obviously more invested and I know more about tennis and I know more players in the tennis world than basketball and and uh, MMA. Right. So I'm kind of aware that when people like talk about LeBron James and I like, let's say I go to his Instagram or something, I can see that the superstar that he is and then how it bleeds into everything. But also kind of like a combination of how we live in America and tennis isn't as big here or it doesn't seem to be as big because I guess it's not as... um, it's like where basketball you can sit down with your friends and watch. I feel like I don't really see that with a lot of tennis fans in, in America where they would go down and sit sit together and watch tennis. I don't really know because I, I played tennis. So Yeah, I mean, if I you're watching with it, it yeah. with like me or if you're watching it with like uh, everybody I know mm-hmm. who I'm friends with yeah. watches tennis and we watch it together. Yeah. But like I don't it's go to a bar different. and yeah. see people watching yeah. tennis. That, that's kind Most of what I'm of trying time, to get. Unless at. it's like the the U.S. Open, somebody might ask for it to be on. Yeah. But it's so rare when somebody asks for it yeah. to be on. And if I ask someone to put it on, I'm always surprised if someone comes up and they're like, "Oh, who's playing?" or something like that. No one knows. Yeah, and that's ex- actually that's a really good way of putting it. Is that if you go to the bars, you're not really yeah. seeing tennis played, and I, I think it's a shame. But that's just kind of the culture that is tennis, and and the yeah. way its fans are, and it's not an issue or anything. Um. But again, we don't really see that because we're already aware of everything these players do. Yeah, we know. You know what I mean? But they are legit superstars. No, they're they're huge. They're mm-hmm. they're you know, you see like an advertisement for them at the airport in Shanghai. It's like yeah. it's not but and in they the US love, and over in Asia, those players are loved. Yeah. They they have huge fan followings. I know Novak, let's uh, let's transition to Novak. Novak. Here. He loves going there and playing there every year. Yeah. What is your least favorite thing about Novak? About Novak? Well, my least favorite thing is about how much I, how, um, my least favorite thing about him is how much I love him. You, you just love him too much. I love him too much. Okay. I love him too much. No, uh, with Novak, um, sometimes he can get too, uh, what is it? Superstitious. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it superstition. I would call it, um, I love the whole world spiritual. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay, spirit, spirits. Nothing that there's something, something yeah. like that's like, um, like a phony spiritualism. Yeah, I don't know if it's phony with him. I don't know, but when he's the the thing that kind of speaks to me is that when he's on court and why I really like him, why I was a fan yeah. of him, was that when he's on court and he's frustrated, he's not afraid to be frustrated. Yeah, he really is himself, and when he's angry. And he smashes his rackets because he's truly, truly frustrated. Oh, yeah. And he almost uses that. Like, he he channels his emotions. Yeah. And then sometimes it gets off the rails, but... And he has this, like, machine kind of incredibly solid game that I would no love one's for him, close to. Yeah. He is a... I actually have a picture on my phone. Um, the Cyborg. The Cyborg It Novak. is the... Uh, it's actually Novak with the Terminator eye. And that yeah. is... The epitome of Novak to me is that he is he the he is the terminator of tennis. And he's not I don't think he's like the bad guy. I think no. a lot of people would consider him the bad guy. Yeah, but that's because, you know, there's no one-eyed Russians with icy blonde hair <laughs> playing right now. Yeah. And that is what I that's what I love about him. I would love for yeah. him to embrace the um I'm the terminator. Yeah. I, I destroy the I would love to see that. And him. I think that when he when he does that, that's when he goes on like, you know, he goes on a tear like he went on at the end of this year and just yeah. was winning everything that anybody could win. Mm-hmm. Anything that had money behind it, he was winning. Yeah, and he won. He went from number 20 in the world to number one faster than anyone's done it in history. Yeah, and also from, you know, losing terribly. He went from six losses to like, I think he had like eight total losses in the year or something like that. He was negative at one point. I think he was seven and eight or something. Yeah, and then, and then, he, and then he just like... Went on like a twenty match winning streak, or yeah. maybe it wasn't exactly twenty matches, but he lost like one of the next twenty matches mm-hmm. or something like that. It was insane. Yeah, but and th- that was those were like high stakes Grand Slam matches. No one is that dominant except for Rafa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what's your least favorite thing? Um, my least favorite thing about him is is that that I think it's like he seems to have 
like a there's a weakness. He has a weakness in his mentality. Yeah, um, like a chink. Yeah, there's something there where it's like he relies on all these these kind of like um, uh, I have to be in perfect fitness, and if I'm not in perfect fi- fitness, then I'm gonna make I'm gonna. I think that he might have even got like he wouldn't get the surgery because he wanted to you know heal himself naturally and things yeah. like that. And it's like obviously he recovered from the surgery yep. really really quickly. Mm-hmm. I felt like. He was in a slump, not so much because of the surgery, but because I think it was a mental slump. Yeah, it was more mental, and 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 I don't know. I can't like sp- like speak for like I'm him. I didn't experience the issue, but I mean, well, with our with our supernatural capabilities, I could try and put myself in his shoes. Yeah, um, and now that you've, I mean, it almost looks like you're wearing his shoes right now. No, literally, I can try to literally, but no, I like <laughs> he he just has like a like a. Um, like he's very, very vulnerable, not to what people think about him, yeah. But how he's performing and whether or not he's living up to those expectations. If yeah. I if I were to put anyone as the next Novak in terms of mentality and yeah. game, I yeah. think that Novak created like a whole new game. I think he and, yeah and, he created a new. So way there are tons of players to compare to Novak in terms of the ways they play. Mm-hmm. The person who's the most like him mentally and and. Physically. physically in the game is Borna Borna Chorich. Okay. Borna is just like you when when he was playing against Novak, it looked like they were identical. Yeah. They, he plays he's got the same kind of ground strokes, he has the same kind of court coverage. Mm-hmm. Novak's better at it yeah. still, but Borna is still, you know, very young. He's like yeah. twenty two or twenty one. I can see the comparison. I don't I don't I yeah. don't complete I don't just disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Borna. But uh another point on Novak is that um kind of elaborate a little more when you're saying I can kind of see the picture you're kind of painting for me. Um it almost seems like he has all it's like a puzzle piece. Yeah. And it's almost like a Jenga tower. Yeah, right? and he obsesses over that and everything. Weakness. Yeah. And, and everything is so perfectly placed, but it's all balancing. Yeah. And if the one thing there's like some one little weakness there. And if that kind of goes off, the whole thing kind of collapses. And he, the reason why it collapses is because he puts so much emphasis on it mm-hmm. that he neglects other things. Yeah. And it, he focuses on it like a crutch. And, and then, I mean, or he relies on it like a crutch. And it's like the weakness is something that, that becomes like 10 times magnified by that. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on mm-hmm. when he lo- goes on like a losing spree where he's losing to Tara Daniel and he's, there's no reason in the world for him to be losing that match. Mm-hmm. And he lost it like badly too. And then he had some bad losses yeah. when he was on that losing streak. And then went and and there's no way that his elbow was so bad that he'd be missing as badly as he was. He just looked like he was like he just thought that there was no way that he could win the match. Yeah. And he was playing like that. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a conundrum that way. Yeah. He is the he has had probably in the modern era of tennis where records really really matter yeah he has the most dominant stretch i think that he has the then. highest win record too yeah maybe maybe roger has like a, like a point percentage point higher yeah but i think that i think that i what i'm i'm pretty sure that novak has like an 82.5 percent win rate mm-hmm. overall which yeah. is crazy that's in tennis which is it's insane yeah because and just speaks to his consistency yeah which is weird after that whole uh he had the biggest slump in tennis history too he did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did. And, and and he, yeah, because he lost. He won that. He won in two thousand eight, right? He won the yep. U.S. Open in two thousand eight, and, and then, then he won the French. No, not the U.S. Open. The Australian. The Australian Open in two thousand eight, and then he and then he didn't win anything for like two years. Yeah, he didn't win anything for two years, and then he didn't win. Uh, he won Davis Cup t- end of twenty ten. Yeah, twenty eleven started the reign. Yeah, and then of, it was just like, and it was destruction. Eight in a row or something like that. Not eight in a row, but like you know. He Eight had the next fifty four. He had like fifty four match wins yeah. in a row. He opened the he opened the year at undefeated until yeah. until the French Open that year, and then a couple years later he won the French, and then that is when everything just yeah collapsed in drastic fashion. There was a whole team blow up. He blew up the whole yeah. team, and then he eventually brought back the team, um, which I think is a very mature decision. Definitely, uh, that is something that I do like about Novak, though. I think again. Um, and in our, uh, as I, as I've talked to him, like over the phone, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're like best friends, you know, when he told me, um, is that, uh, I feel like if I, if I knew him a lot better, I feel like he'd be one of those, he, he, I don't think he really has, um, problems admitting if he's wrong. Mm -hmm. I could kind of see that because I, I can't really think of another player 
who let's say they've in in most sports so let's just take all sports who would blow up their entire team successful team yeah and then and then a little like try something new for a little bit have a really terrible results yeah and then come back to them and just say all right look it, it didn't it, it didn't work it didn't work i guess i need to get rid of this spiritual leader who mm-hmm. made me blow up my team yeah mm-hmm. probably and, and i'm sure that's what happened he had that what, who is the guy's name He's i forget like, his name it's not even worth mentioning i <laughs> but he had like a yogi he had a yogi which yeah. nothing wrong with yogis no there's nothing wrong with yogis when it comes to it's a weird thing in tennis you want to be as, as zen as you possibly yeah. can be but you need to have this killer mentality yeah and that's what i like about novak like we were saying before is when he embraces the yeah, I exactly am the destroyer of all things tennis and there's nothing that is going to i'm not going to leave anything untouched in my wake of and destroying records that might be the one thing that borna lacks he's just too nice yeah that's yeah. Novak is a mental destroyer. You can see it. He's he's almost like Kobe Bryant kind of. Yeah. I feel like where um, he just sorry. The tennis is playing on the TV right now, and um, it's almost like he. I, I bet he's one of the most competitive people ever. Oh, for same sure. with Roger and Rafa. Like all these guys, they have this edge to them where they just they're going to destroy everything in their path to get what they want. Yeah. For one on court, obviously, and Simona too. mm Hmm. As Simona plays, uh, yeah. plays on. We're watching the old, uh, the best of the tw- best of uh, twenty eighteen matches of the year. Yeah. Well, we all know what Tad's favorite match of the year was. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which but, was topped no. by that. Okay, we'll match. do a really quick. Andy Murray. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's and click then on touch we'll on. We'll do Murray. top five matches for each of us. Yeah, we'll do top five okay. matches. Um, Andy Murray. We already talked enough about Andy Murray. So scrappy, so fun to watch. Yeah. He's like. Hates the world when hates, he's on court. Uh, yeah, hates everything when he's playing, but obviously loves playing tennis and like getting, just giving everything that he's got. He seems like such a sweetheart off court too. Yeah. You, Andy, do you follow him on Instagram? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's hysterical. <laughs> and he's got like the most developed personality of any player. In Did terms you see of, like, his uh, his Instagram picture of him with all of the stuff? I have no friends. I have no friends. <laughs> I have no friends. Yeah. I love Andy. I he's love Andy. so great. Mm-hmm. He's, my, he's my favorite player to watch. Mm-hmm. I've been but watching like Andy highlight reels and it's just, he keeps these points going forever and he hits like a huge variety of shots in every single point. Mm-hmm. Um. He has a lot of tools in the toolbox, for sure. Andy's, the successor to Andy, in my opinion, is probably going to be the best of all these younger players. Oh, okay. Alex Demonor. Demonor. Oh, I can see that. He's yeah. a little bit small. He really extends the points. Yeah, he extends points. He's scrappy. He hits, he'll do anything to try and keep a point going. Yeah. And he's so good. Mm-hmm. I saw him play live, and he was just, like, incredible. Yeah. Um. He and he's he and he's on not, that run. He's, not he's that one of big. your favorite players too. Yeah, now. He's after especially after he went on that run of the U.S. Open, you were texting me every night about yeah, how good he he's played. So and, good, yeah. and then he lost to Chilich. Ah, oh, that was so sad. It was a five setter too. That was yeah, and he was up at one point. I yeah, think. he was up two sets. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. He's so good. He's yeah. such a good player. Yeah, and he's like, and he's entertaining. He's he's not going to have. Mm-hmm. He's never going to have the same kind of personality and attitude that Andy has. Yeah, but. He's got a similar game. Or his countrymen, for that matter. Or Nick. his countrymen, yeah. Nick, Nick is also, of course, we can't not talk about Nick. We'll talk about him on the podcast for sure, but let's close out we're, Andy. We're done with Andy. Okay. We're done with Andy? Now, let's do our pick for like just a total dark horse for the yeah, year. Yeah, I was about to say, because we're looking at it right now is these four, there's like these four categories, Yeah, right? exactly. And we're looking at the players that are going to fall into these categories. Is there going to be someone who can really carve out their own thing amongst, as tennis gets more developed, it gets really established. Yeah. And we saw Novak develop a whole new game, but it took a while for that to do. And we're seeing more variation. The players are seeing a lot of less baseline, just grinding, staying in the back. And we're seeing a more yeah. ver- variety of what players can do. And it'll be interesting to see as as this comes up, because we're going to get a mix of players that yeah. copy all of the best players right now. And then we're going to get a mix of these players that they don't have that identity. And we don't know what's going to happen with them. How is their game going to pan out? You know what I mean? Well, and that, who, that goes the dark horse. Right? Who is your dark horse for 2019? For 2019. Who could win a slam? Who could win a slam? And no one would expect it. Or people might expect it, but they're like, no, they'll never win. Um, it, Well, it can't be Nick Kyrgios. Why not? I think he could win a slam. 
I just I think the consistency for him to win seven matches at a at a slam tournament, I think it's I don't think it's possible. I think I think that if anyone can do it, it's Nick Curios. I, I think that I, I think that and I think we'll find out in mm, in Australia. January. Yeah. yeah. I think and that, I think he, he seems to be getting more serious too. He I think that he needs to like realize, you know He's really talented. That he's so good. And if if anyone can just like go out there and, and play the best stretch of seven matches ever mm-hmm. he could win a slam in straight sets he really could i exactly yeah. that's what i exactly see what you're saying there is that he could um just go on a tear win seven matches in a row and play his best tennis ever yeah it's just every i feel like so many things would have to fall into place for him to of course achieve that you know what i mean of course it, it that's why he's a dark horse it's like yeah. you no know, one expects he, it he is the darkest horse for sure um i'll go with that darkest okay. horse out of all the players that could possibly win a slam because Dominic, like, is kind of likely. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time before yeah. he wins a French Open. Mm-hmm. I think for... That's a really difficult question. Yeah. I think, dark horse-wise. And um, honestly... Sasha's Zverev, it's like people... that that That's the expectation people have for him already. No mm-hmm. one's like, oh, Sasha's never going to win a slam, but Nick's yeah. like... If we're just talking, like, overall players, my dark horse for every tournament is Stan Wawrinka. Stan Wawrinka? Yeah. yeah. I think he can win any slam on the planet. And he is a player that has actually done that, where he has really strung together his best matches yeah he has and he's the only one who's done it against the really top guys yeah juan is always kind of a dark horse to win a grand slam yeah of course juan these young guys though juan has a juan also has a has a game prototype that he that not really a lot of people have yeah and, mm-hmm. but there but there are p- younger players who are playing like him i think that one of the players that's a little bit like juan mm-hmm. is actually like um taylor fritz yeah. He stands back there and he tries to hit these huge shots mm-hmm. and he really doesn't like going up to the net. And when he does, it's usually kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. You know who... Um, diminishing returns. Yeah. Not a dark horse. Some, someone to watch out for, though. Someone to watch out. Not in singles, but uh, I started watching a lot more doubles. Actually, yeah. Is Jack Sock. Yeah, Jack is Jack is he, obviously a good doubles player. He was apparently a good singles player one time, too, but then everybody else got better again. Yeah. He is an incredible doubles player. Mm-hmm. I've never... So when... If you guys watch Labor Cup, he he is in every single doubles lineup for the hardest matches, and he almost yeah. wins all of them by himself. Even yeah. with great players, even with supposedly great doubles players like Anderson and Isner, who also played college tennis and therefore probably played doubles as well. But um, if you guys are looking to watch a little bit more doubles, uh, and Jack Sock always kind of flies under the radar because he doesn't perform that well in singles, and then he wins like every single doubles tournament mm-hmm. that he plays in. So. That's always interesting to watch out. And I think he could do a lot of damage kind of I, I was kind of thinking of him as a dark horse because um, while I don't think he would, I think it's possible he could do a little bit of damage. It's just if he had to really play some of those top players, I don't think he could do the stuff that Nick Kyrgios he, does. He did really well when people were playing badly. Mm-hmm. That was his whole thing. Yeah. He was like much better when everybody was totally off. Mm-hmm. Um I think that his really good year is 2017, right? Yeah, he won 2017. Yeah. He had a he was in the top 10, maybe top 15 at least. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more general point about a player. Yeah, and then let's do our top three matches, each of us. Three matches, okay. And then we'll um, and then we'll close it out. We'll close it out. Yeah, we're, we're over an hour already. I know. I feel like I could go for another seven. No, it's too much. Too much. <laughs> okay, no one wants to hear us talk that much right now. Right now, but someday they're gonna be well. The thing to is straight. Yeah, and the thing is too, when Whoa. it comes when it comes to the Australian Open, they're gonna be hearing a lot from us anyway. Yeah, they will. Th- yeah. That's not that that mm-hmm. that's pretty coming up really soon. All right, so hit okay. your hit your notes D- and then Dimitrov. We're... Dimitrov, he's bald. Did you know that he's bald now? Wait, he's bald now. Yeah, he doesn't have any hair left. Wait, what happened to his hair? Hey, something happened. Um, he lost it all overnight. That's what happened. Is he legit? I'm gonna look this up. No, he is. He's bald. Okay. Is this the player that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to talk about his hair. Go ahead and go on. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm I can't a- keep on going on about his hair. That's all I had to say about it. Look it up. I'm looking it up right now. This is there's no way he has a uh, no hair now. This and is- Andre Agassi is his coach. Oh, Agassi's. Oh my God! Yeah, he cut off his hair. No, he didn't cut it off. He he lost it. I mean, uh, I I don't know what to say. So he is another dark horse. He could win anything now. I know. With he's no a different hair. person. I know. He's complete. He he doesn't even look the same. I, I, think, he's gonna, I think he's going to win a slam. You think he's going to win a slam? All Maybe. he had to do was cut his hair all these years. Yeah. That's it. Come on, man. 
No, it's <laughs> ridiculous. No, he he looks he looks hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he looks good. I actually kind of like him with worse hair. He looks better bald than Rafa would have looked bald. That's I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Rafa's been bald and and somehow grown it back. Yeah, somehow grown it was mir- miraculous. Miraculous. And he, did he have a yogi in his corner that helped him? No, he didn't. Figure, I think he, didn't? he had a surgeon, but he did. He do it all by himself. Just yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's close out with our three favorite matches. Okay. You go first. Um, number. Oh my gosh, I only have one favorite match. Oh yeah, you only have one. That's right. Yeah, I only have one favorite. Yeah, I match. I thought you had two. No, I don't have two. I could like. I mean, for the whole year? For the whole year. Do I have two favorite matches? One of them was at Wimbledon. Yeah, I liked... Yeah. There was a there was a pretty great match at Wimbledon. I forget what it was. I think it was... It might have involved Rafa. I think that Rafa played it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was Rafa and Juan. Yeah, they played. They yeah. played a pretty good match. They were pretty good. Yeah, because Rafa was in all my favorite matches this year. Yeah, oh, he was too for me. Rafa and Juan at Wimbledon. Rafa Novak and Rafa at Wimbledon. And Novak and Rafa at Wimbledon. And Rafa, then Rafa and Rafa and Dominic. Yeah, are we in agreement on that? Because those were. Yeah. I think this was actually a great year for tennis. That way is that they're quite by far and away the best matches that we had. Yeah, and we had a lot of them because it's almost like only once a year do we get like a match that's tennis defining. Yeah, like, but there were probably three. I mean there. They were great matches, incredible matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were just, they went deep into the fifth set and it was crazy. Yeah. It was bananas. Yeah. Amazing matches. Okay, guys. agree on that? All right. You want to close it out? I can close it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead and close it out. Okay. Happy holidays, everyone, and have a great new year from Lucas and Tad. Is that we, formal enough? That was formal. That was very formal. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Love you guys. Bye.